Welcome back, everyone. Hi, Saskia, and welcome to the Gathering Movement interview. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Bridget. I'm excited. And what we were just talking about before we started was you're typically so in the nitty gritty of your classes and talking very specifically about the seeds and everything you do. And this is an opportunity for you to talk about the global and personal impact of your work in the world. Yeah, absolutely. You know, gardening is such a hands-on thing and everybody wants to know about how to make compost and how to make soil. But the really exciting part to me is not just the food that you grow, it's everything out. It's all the greater impacts that come when you garden. Yeah, I'm just seeing this like ripple effect of that person who does choose to have a garden or whatever they choose to do, and then how that impacts everyone in the world, not just themselves. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's um, exactly what I think about with a permaculture garden. Um, so regular garden, you know, a couple of raised beds in the back, you're growing food, that's great. But once you start to really think about the greater um, ecosystem that you that you are gardening within, and then also all of the social um, and community interactions that can come in to the garden and out from the garden, it really starts to that exactly those ripple effects are can be so amazing. I love it, and it leads me into my favorite question that I love to ask people, which is, how does your work in the world empower someone to be the leader of their life? Mm. Oh, that's so great, yes. Um, I think that, um, that when you learn to um, provide such a, um, such a basic need for yourself, such as your own food, okay, then it is so empowering um, to you to like realize that you have this power over like what you eat <laughs> and to be able to provide for it for yourself. And so I think that is like the, the kernel of the personal transformation that can happen in the garden. Um, but then it's just like time spent connecting to the earth with your hands in the soil. Like I never wear gloves when I'm gardening unless I'm pruning raspberries or something. But you know, if I'm in the ground, I wanna feel the ground. And in fact, most of the time in the summer I go barefoot. So um, I can really feel the ground and it just, um, it really helps center me and, and um, calm me down and and focus on you know what's going on inside me and then how i'm part of nature so realizing that i am nature and that i am a part of this greater these greater cycles that are going on around me um yeah i guess that's the short answer i could probably go on and on for half an hour on just this topic <laughs> i love it and i've had my little plot at a community garden for about two years and I would always when I was going through a challenging time in life and I would I would love weeding and I would go to the garden and do some weeding with the hands in the ground and the metaphor always came that we have to get to the root we have to really get down to the ground and dig deeper and see what's actually going on and then remove from the root and that mindset to to work with that instead of just like pulling things that surface value yeah, in our absolutely. life. Absolutely. There are 
Exactly. And you know what? There are so many metaphors that relate to gardening. It's incredible. So it's so interesting um, to me as you start to think about um, where these metaphors come from or where these sayings come from. Um, and they're all true. They're all so true. And, and you think about um, the impact of that on our lives. It's really profound. Mm. Now, since I do love to like think bigger, what would happen or what would the world look like in your opinion if each person was able to grow at least some of their own food or they had a little bit of a connection to the earth, what they're eating, their food, what would the world look like? Yeah, exactly. Um, so in my opinion, we would have a much more compassionate world. Um, I think that gardening breeds compassion for um, the earth. Um, I think that people would no longer, like executives would no longer um, like feel the need to rape and pillage the earth so much. Um, I think that even people in their daily lives would be more conscious of what they're doing that impacts the earth. A lot of my gardeners and my courses have really um, become a lot more aware of all of the choices that they're making in their life and how it impacts the earth. So for instance, you know, trying to cut down the plastic and other wastes that they're producing, always making sure that they're composting all of their organic wastes. Um, so just, um, yeah, so if everybody could grow a little bit of their own food, I feel like there would be a, like, a reduction in the amount of waste in the world. I also feel like there would be, um, like people would um, feel more connected to nature and and the food that, they're, that they are eating, that they are purchasing. So realizing that most um, processed foods is really toxic for us um, and that um, the more we can make good buying choices um, when we are buying food, the healthier we're gonna be as people and the healthier the planet's gonna be. So um, yeah, and then just, I think those are the main things um, and just the empowerment that comes from, like I said, from learning how to, to grow some of your own food and provide for yourself. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. I, sometimes I think about going to like my local grocery store and I think about how long things have been on the shelves or where they actually came from. And I do believe for myself the ability to work with my own garden and actually see how these vegetables or herbs start, it, it starts to click off this switch in your mind and you say, okay, that thing that I'm seeing at the supermarket that didn't just come from the supermarket that came from somewhere else and it probably wasn't yesterday that that yeah. was um you know foraged or or harvested yeah exactly exactly and you know what as soon as vegetables are harvested they start to lose nutritional value so the the truth is is that we can't um or the food in the store is never going to be as nutritious as what we can grow in our own gardens. So um, it's really, and the taste is so different. Um, there are some vegetables that retain their taste better than others, but 
um, when I first tasted broccoli from the grocery store, because I grew up, my my parents had a big garden. And when I first tasted broccoli from the grocery store, I was like, what is this? It looks <laughs> like broccoli, but it certainly doesn't taste like it. <laughs> so. Where did you start this journey? Where is the origin? So you said that your parents had a garden. How yeah. did you realize that this was for you too? Right, right, yeah. Um, so it's funny because my dad wasn't much of a teacher and he really didn't want our help in the garden. <laughs> um, but I think just being exposed to it, seeing the food grow, eating the food um, and realizing how good it was. You know, every year we would run out of potatoes in the springtime and it all me and my brothers would always complain about that we had to eat store-bought potatoes now. And so I had this appreciation that it was that it was better, the food from the garden. And then I went to college and I was like, like I said, eating bro grocery store broccoli and dorm food. And I was like, oh, I can't believe this is how most people eat, you know? <laughs> um, so, and at the same time I was studying environmental science and I was learning about how we were destroying the earth. And the, the main thing, one of the main things that is destroying the earth is our agriculture. And I, I think it, it hit me right there that, um, that, wow, if we could just all change, like grow some of our own food, then we could take the pressure off of industrial agriculture. We could, you know, prioritize the food that we did buy from the store. We could prioritize that it is organic. Um, and, and I, and like I said, it had so many more impacts. You know, we know that we're destroying the earth. We just have to change the way that we live on this earth. And to me, the best way to do that is to change the way that we eat and, and in particular growing food. So I, I realized that not everybody can have a garden, not everybody's in that space or that time, but um, there are other options. You know, if you're renting, I am actually renting right now. I specifically chose this house because it had a garden and I wanted to grow food. I needed to grow food. <laughs> um, and then there's community gardens. Like you said, you have a community garden plot and and then there's always guerrilla gardening, which is um, basically where you just go and you plant things to eat in public areas, like wow. parks or alleyways. Um, yeah, so it's really interesting. Actually, my um, grandfather, my great grandfather, in um, Ohio during the war, used to plant, used to guerrilla garden in the alleyways. Um, behind his house and in his neighbor's yards. Um, well, he didn't grill a garden there. He asked permission, but <laughs> he was growing all kinds of food for himself and his family, um, utilizing all of these, um, you know, uh, kind of not ideal spaces um, because mm -hmm. that's what he knew how to do. And that's how, what he could do to provide for, for his family and his neighbors probably the biggest barrier for most people is they think, well, I don't have a space or I, I love that you bring it back to empowerment and how we all can start somewhere. Um, even if it's not, you know, our whole backyard is a garden, yeah. but we can start somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I started in a community garden as well. 
um, several plots before I had my own space. It, yeah, and and like I said, I I love gardening, and I almost I'm like, how could how could it be that like not everybody would want to have this oasis in their yard? You know, like grass is is good in in some areas, but wow, look at all these things that we can grow: fruit, and berries, and vegetables um, that really can nourish us. Um, but I realize that that's not where everybody's at. And, and I think that just having a pot of something growing can be a great start, an herb, um, and, and let it grow from there. However, it, it works into your, you and your lifestyle. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I'm curious your thoughts on, um, in cities, I've seen this kind of popping up where they will either do like a wall of herbs on the outside of the building or on the top of top of these buildings. What yeah. kind of impact can that have if more companies, cities, organizations, towns were to do that? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think the best thing about that is is kind of making it so visual and in people's faces. Um, and and the value of fresh herbs is super high um, not just like monetary, but also like what it adds to your cooking. Mm -hmm. So having something that's so high value right there where people can use it, I think is really incredible. And I think once people start to realize, oh, this makes my food so much better, what else can I grow um, that will also help? So it's kind of like... Um, yeah, it's kind of like putting it out there for people to um, to realize and to see and to think about. Yeah, yeah. And I think in cities, it's so important to have green spaces, like to realize, like I said, that we are still connected to nature, even if we live in a city. It's really important. Yeah. Mm, I couldn't agree more. And it just looks beautiful. Like, why wouldn't you yeah. want, you know, your, your city to have some green in the, in the concrete jungle? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I did, um, I did an, uh, an exchange in St. Petersburg, Russia, when mm -hmm. I was in college and, um, they, the Soviet architecture was so utilitarian and concrete and they did not allow, or they didn't have spaces planned in for green space so much. And I could not believe the difference it made in um, in just my well-being um, because, you know, people need that. <laughs> people need um, beauty in their lives and they need greenery. They need to know that they're connected to nature. Um, so that was like another one of those moments where I was like, oh, you know what? Actually, we need gardens as as humans. Like we belong in gardens. Yeah. It is part of what nourishes us. And it's almost like we have to have that experience of polarity, of seeing the other side to yeah. understand and find meaning in it for ourselves like you did. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about this for you because I, I always let everyone come up with their own title for the conversation because I'm always curious where people's minds are at and how they would actually verbalize or vocalize, you know, what they do. So you called this personal and planetary healing in the garden. And I'd love to hear more about the healing power of gardening on a personal level and planetary level. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. So, um, gosh, well, <laughs> so such a big subject, but basically, yeah, I think that, um, like I was saying about grounding in the garden, um, it, in calming, um, there's actually, it's been proven that gardens relieve stress, um, and that they can, um, relieve anxiety and stress and help us feel more calm. Um, and I noticed this on a very personal level, um, just a year and a half ago, I went through a divorce and, um, there was, um, a period of time in the summer where, um, my husband and I, my ex-husband and I were trying to work it out and it was really challenging. And I was so thankful that I had the garden to go into during that time to, um, to calm down, to, to really relieve the stress that I was feeling and to help me heal. And then this past summer after the divorce happened, I noticed again, like what an amazing effect this, the garden had for me like just spending hours picking raspberries and in the sunshine and um, just absorbing not, you know, the sunshine, the nutrition from the food that I'm eating. It was exactly what my body needed. And, um, you know, even the weeds, I would, I like to eat weeds because they are the most nutritious things in our garden. And, um, and I feel like, they are specifically formulated for us to eat and to um, to nourish exactly what our bodies are missing um, in the springtime, especially you know the first weeds to pop up the dandelions. Wow, what an amazing spring tonic for our bodies! So there is so much healing. Like there's the spiritual healing that can happen. There's the physical healing that can happen. And then there's the mental um, healing that can happen there. And from there, I feel like as healed or healing people, not that we're ever, we are all perfectly whole already, <laughs> then, then we are better able to go out into the world and make a difference there. So um, especially for me, I feel like it's part of my calling to teach people how to garden, to further this message that garden, of gardens as healing entities and to encourage people to garden. And so, but I need, I need to be healed and to be centered in order to do that. So it all works together. Um, the more we work on ourselves and prioritize our health and well-being, the more we can help other people, the more we can help the planet. And these are the, um, I think Jenny said you wanted to learn a little bit more about permaculture. So these are the, the three ethics of permaculture are to care for people, to care for the earth. And then the third one is, is um, an idea of fair share that, that, um, we shouldn't take more than we need and that any excesses that we have, we should return to the system in order to take care of people and the earth. So, um, so there's this, this idea that, that in order to have a healthy earth, we have to take care of people. Like the two go hand in hand together. So, um, and whether that's ourselves, 
or other people. It's both. It's all of the above. Um, and, and in permaculture, we actually look at that. When we're making our garden designs, we look at how can this garden benefit people and not just me, but my family, my neighbors, other people. And, and how, can I, how can I take care of myself within this garden? What do I need in this garden in order to be able to take care of myself? Mm -hmm. So I'm so grateful that we're having this conversation right now because I feel so deeply in my heart that we really are so disconnected from nature. We are so disconnected from the food that we eat. We are so disconnected from each other. Yeah. And, you know, food is really one of the first doorways. It connects us all to one another. Everyone eats. It's simple. Yeah. And there isn't that much out there right at this moment being shared about the simple things that we can do to boost our immune system or could put good food into our body. And I even remember mm -hmm. uh, when I was doing my health coach training, they had a comparison of a little boy who grew up on a farm and he was you know, digging in the soil and spending a lot of his time in the dirt. And it was a child that grew up in the city. And the child that grew up in the dirt had a much better tolerance against viruses. His immune system was better. You know, this is important. This is really important that we share this information, especially right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always tell my my students, you know, eat the carrots right out of the ground. Don't wash them first, you know, because all of those microbes that are in the soil are really good for our bodies and our, like you said, our immune systems, especially the kids um, colonizing our guts with that with the um with those microbes is really helpful so yeah and then you know like i was saying the nutrition of what we're eating from our garden is incomparable to what we can buy in the store it's really really important and you know the berries um are some of the healthiest um foods especially they have antioxidants lots and lots of antioxidants in them lots of vitamins and minerals and those are really expensive to buy in the store, but they grow really well in the garden. Um, so having things like that around that um, that can really nourish you and help your immune systems, oh my gosh, so important. And then learning how to ferment vegetables. So this is one way that we can preserve food that actually increases the nutritional content of it. That's why I teach, I teach all of this in my, in my course because it goes along with, you know, caring for us, caring for our bodies, um, making sure we stay healthy. Yeah. I love that. My mom and I used to host sauerkraut workshops at our house. Oh, <laughs> we would teach people. <laughs> That's so great. Yay. I know so many people are scared of fermentation, but it's really one of the safest methods of food preservation. And, um, you know, you'll obviously, if there's a little mold on top, you will see it and you will recognize it. Whereas salmonella, which can, you know, happen in a, in a, in canned food um, or canned um, vegetables, especially, you can't see or taste it. So um, I, I love fermentation. I love doing lots of fermentation at my house. So, and my kids love it too. <laughs> it tastes good. It just yeah, tastes good. it does. <laughs> Yeah, our bodies know what they need in a way. Yeah. 
I couldn't agree more. So for those listening who want those like three simple kind of first action steps toward maybe having their own garden or just having an herb plant in their in their home, where can they begin? Yeah, so um, so finding a place to garden and, and if you can only garden in your house, then then that's a great place to start. Um, but finding an outdoor space, I would really recommend whether it's a community garden, a balcony, um, or an alleyway, um, you know, these are all finding like real dirt to dig in is, is important because, um, you know, our indoor potted plants don't have the same microbes that the outdoor plants do. And, you know, it's like, and the more we bring things inside and separate them from nature, the more we have to take care of them. So the more that you can bring outside, co-create with nature outside, the more benefits you will get from it. So um, so start some seeds. Um, That would be one thing. Find some outdoor space would be another one. And then find community around gardening. So, um, you know, you can take a course like my course, or you can find a neighbor that knows how to garden, or you can find a Facebook group that's around gardening, but find some community where you can learn and talk to other people about it and and find out. You know, it sounds really simple gardening, you just put a seed in the ground, but there's actually a lot to know. And um, I always, you know, a lot of times people will get going on a couple raised beds you know, they, they have in their head what they think a garden should look like. They'll try to plant it and then it will fail. And then they get discouraged and give up. So I really recommend learning something first before you get going. I mean, don't, don't be afraid to put a seed in the ground and try something, but also know that nobody is born with a brown thumb, that everybody has the capacity to grow things. And it's just a matter of learning. Like you would learn anything else, any other skill, you, if you want to know how to, um, how to do pottery, you take a pottery course, right? You know, (laughs) so go ahead, take a gardening course, learn something from, or find a mentor that can teach you. Awesome. And you have a beautiful Facebook group. So everyone who's listening can, can go join that community. Um, so important to be surrounded with friends. (laughs) Absolutely. My Facebook group is called the garden revolution and everybody's invited to join, um, and learn and learn there. Yeah. And last but not least, do you have anything coming up that people can join you if they want to learn more? What is the next step for them? Yeah. So, um, on my website, teachgardening.com, um, you can find, I have several mini courses that can be taken at any time. Um, build your first garden bed is a great one to start out with. Um, and then um, I also have a rolling admission for my green thumb course. And this is a year long um, dive into everything that you need to know about growing your own food. Um, and it takes a year um, because I like to, because it is a whole cycle of, of growing and eating and learning. Um, and so it can be overwhelming if you try to do it in too short of a time period. So we just take things chunk by chunk. And over the year, you learn everything that you need to know. 
Um, so this is a great time to join because we are just getting going on planting seeds indoors. Um, and, um, and then you will have like support through the whole spring to build your garden beds. I teach um, a way to build garden beds that doesn't uh, doesn't necessarily include um, boxing them in and it doesn't include buying soil. So um, and the people, my students end up saving a lot of money actually because they do things the right way the first time instead of, or sorry, not the right way, I shouldn't say that. They find a better way, um, a different way of, of having garden beds that are super productive and um, can last for many, many years, so. Amazing, amazing. And it's funny that you're saying this because my first um, bed was raised with uh, like wood on the outside. And then yeah. I had this older man neighbor, um, I think from Bangladesh and he was this master gardener and he wouldn't use anything of the sorts. He just had things everywhere. It was just, it was beautiful in a chaotic way, but it yeah. worked. And he grew the most incredible vegetables every single year. And I was like, okay, he's on to something. So you're on to something too. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I, um, some people really love to have raised beds that are boxed in and, and I'm more of the free form person myself. Um, I just love having more natural looking garden beds um, that, that feel closer to nature to me. Well, I love that. Thank you so, so much for sharing this information. You have lots of uh, friendly comments on the side yes, of people who want to learn. Yay. It's amazing. Yes. And Jessica said to me, nice sweater and shawl. She knows I always wear some kind of scarf or shawl and I'm actually wearing a workout outfit underneath. So <laughs> it's my trick. <laughs> so thank you so much, Saskia, for being here. And thank you everyone for listening and just receiving this, this awesome information. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a beautiful day. Thank you, everybody. Thanks. Bye.